Godzilla Zero G, and it's me, it's me, it's the old SFD, Superflex SOPs, week five, we're still alive, and man, we've got a ton of ads this week, so we've got, like, all of a sudden, the the clouds parted, and it's just... It's it's raining waiver ads. It's, it's and that's a perfect way to say it, man. Like the because it it kind of has felt like smooth sailing. So my Sunday, like my last two Sundays, I've worked, and a week ago Sunday, my updates. Whenever I looked at my phone, were freaking awesome. Like touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Like really, like not even trying to. I mean, yeah. I've, I've had a decent season. This Sunday, every time I looked at my phone, one of my players was going down. I know. <laughs> I was just like, oh, whoa, like, what the heck is going down? I know. It was it, a rough weekend. Yeah. We also, we hadn't had very many, you know, major injuries, really, uh, like long-term injuries. Uh, the, you know, kind of the big one had been, uh, uh, I you know, Tim Patrick for the season. Now Javante Williams is kind of the next one yeah. to go. So awesome for us Bronco fans. <laughs> Just like yeah. our best players are the ones being lost for the season. Other than that, though, I mean, you know, we we, uh, but I, I you know I kind of think that we're just now breaking the seal on those season-ending injuries. I think we're going to start to see more and more of that, and we want to be prepared for it. Number one, but number two, also, uh, you know, be ready to to react to them as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And stay ahead as we have been. Yeah. So that's going to be a pretty big theme here for the standard operating procedures this week. But I mean, it starts at quarterback always in Superflex. This week is no different. Uh, you know, we had planned on coming in here talking about Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to be the quarterback for, you know, at least a week, probably more like two or three for the yeah. Miami Dolphins and that's a damn good offense. Yeah. And then Kenny Pickett comes in and replaces Mitchell Trubisky in Pittsburgh and and to me this is the, this is where the whole thing starts now. Yeah. Like because we're talking about in in dynasty, I mean it's very unlikely that he's available in your dynasty leagues unless there's you know like a positional limit or um, super, uh, super shallow, uh, super flex league, something like that. You Probably know. not available in super flex, even one quarterback leagues. I imagine him not being there. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. in yeah, in dynasty in redraft, <clears throat> I mean, this is, this is, a, I mean, this is most likely for the rest of the season and I'll say this. So he comes into the game. They, they go run, run, run. And then his first pass attempt is an interception. And on that pass attempt, I tweeted that that's where he won me over. It wasn't a, it, it, it's not that it was a terrible throw. I mean, obviously it was into double coverage deep down the field. Chase Claypool didn't do a whole lot to fight for that ball. On uh, You know, I'll, I'll say that in defense of Kenny Pickett. But above mm-hmm. all else, I just like to see quarterbacks with the balls to do that yeah (laughs) just come out and uncork it yeah you know first attempt he's just like whatever we're going deep hope for the best and and that's something that they certainly weren't getting from Mitchell Trubisky (laughs) they weren't getting that courage Mm -hmm. from Trubisky and I don't know that they've really had that from you know Ben Roethlisberger and over the last several years either well, and quarterbacks get more comfortable, but I don't know if like having that moxie and those balls is really a developed trait. It's just either you're right. you're chucking it in there and you trust your wide receivers to go up for the fifty fifty or you don't. Yeah. And and that's what we want our wide receivers to have is that opportunity to beat coverage. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. You're paying those guys a lot of money. Especially in Pittsburgh, you've got some of the absolute. You've got three of the absolute best deep yep. down the field. You just need a quarterback who's willing to to give them a chance to earn their paycheck, and and now you finally got that. So I'm excited for Kenny Pickett. I did not think I would be saying that 
all along. I, I felt agree. like no, I'm with you. Like I, I've uh, I've made some Kenny Two Glove jokes for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what they say about tiny hands, yeah. apparently. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is uh, all this. Uh, like, it just did not look to me like he was going to be anything special. And uh, you know, even after a three interception performance, I still come away from it feeling like he's he's like the talent is there, and. Above all else, though, again, he just is willing to throw the ball down the field, which, like you said, is not something that you can coach. Yeah. So it, it, either they're going to do it or they won't. Either they're going to be, you know, either they're going to be Pat Mahomes or they're going to be Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and, and Kenny Pickett it, right now is more Pat Mahomes, more fearless, more, you know, willing to throw the ball. I'm not saying Pat Mahomes in talent. I'm just saying Pat Mahomes in mentality. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want. So to me, if he's available, that's 100% fab easily, kind of regardless of the super format, right? I agree. Man, so yeah. really quick, a lot of times before the show, John and I kind of hash some of this out a little bit more, and we try to get our waiver priority and order a little bit more we really didn't do that this week i don't know if it matters or not because a lot of times talking it out we sort of change it anyway but that does lead me to the question like at this time of year if you're kind of you feel like you know we're going for it you know for show's sake do you want to try to get some points in your lineup now via teddy bridgewater say you're okay at quarterback let's say you didn't lose to a and throw some waiver on him or do you want to like maybe get a potential league winner in brian robinson or somebody like that at the end of the season because i agree with you pickett is number one without without really talking about that yeah but then where do you go yeah i I, and to me if that is a good question and that's I think that's what a lot of people in super flex leagues are going to struggle with here. And uh, I mean, I think that a lot of the, a lot of people who are going to end up with Teddy Bridgewater, it's because they need him, you know, it's Tua, it's, they had Tua, they had Trubisky, something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, or, you know, maybe they were relying on Joe Flacco. Maybe they were, you know, they've, been uh they've had cooper rush holding it down and teddy bridgewater is just kind of the next phase of that kind of streaming type of approach yeah you know something like that but i think that you know if if you're in a position where you don't have to have teddy bridgewater he's not gonna just instantly plug in as a starter for you to me it's brian robinson I, that's my personal opinion. I don't know. I'm with like, you. What are you yeah. thinking? Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah, and I mean that's the one what I was thinking too is like, and we know nothing about Tua or concussions. We're not doctors, but it sounds like both of us kind of agree he's probably back in two to three weeks. I feel like if you've been listening to this show, you can weather the storm. For that amount of time and yeah. add some league winners at running backs to your team but if if i'm wrong and then everything john just said applies to me here too as well where i think yeah you grab teddy and if if you aren't able to get teddy and you have Tua on your team i think you make the offer for teddy after Tua's back at this point yeah but man yeah. i don't know Dynasty, to me, I think if you're the Tua team, you go offer a third for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And again, I mean, it could it could be one week, you know. Yeah. I just, I, I, I do kind of think we're probably looking at more like two to three weeks just because of the PR around this yeah. at this point. Yeah. Sadly, so. it, it could take that PR to hold Tua out for a few weeks, but I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think the one other guy that we have or had <laughs> listed who kind of makes it into that conversation is Michael Gallup. And uh, <clears throat> just to mention real quick, if 
if he is available in your leagues, I think that, you know, then it kind of comes down to what's your position of need. Is it running back? Is it wide receiver? Is it quarterback? Yeah. Quarterback Bridgewater is your priority. Uh, running back, I think Brian Robinson probably is your priority, although we've got some good ones. We've got some juicy ones this week. And then Michael Gallup at wide receiver. And I don't I don't see a whole lot of help at wide receiver otherwise. We've got some names that we're going to talk about, but I don't know that they're necessarily, <clears throat> you know, predictable starters. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless like... At the bottom of the show sheet, John always has some super shallow ads. And but it, like so if Romeo Dobbs is available, that's your dude. Yep. <laughs> John yeah. Dodson, that's your dude. George Pickens. Yeah. He says George Pickens, but he skips over the guy I added, which is Corey yes. Davis, <laughs> who's a wide receiver two on the season right now, and, and we still don't care about. I guarantee you have people, players on your teams that have a lot less points than Corey Davis. And we're kind of still waiting for that to happen. It's early. It, Corey Davis is doing it. I, I just want those points. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would still rather pay up for Garrett Wilson. Well, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I agree with that. I kind of think Corey Davis actually probably belongs in our just our ad section just in general. I think he's he's probably pretty widely available. That would be my guess. Yeah, I know last week he was under 50 percent rostered on Yahoo still. Yeah. And I'm I'm just pounding the rock on this. I, I think people should roster Corey Davis over. Man, it's hard to think of somebody right off the top of my head to to drop 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 Allen Robinson. Yeah. Pick up Corey Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got some drops in a minute too and A-Rob's one of them. Uh the one other guy to make sure who's rostered even in those super shallow leagues to me is Geno Smith. And I mean we just we saw the rushing upside as well this week. It's just we're you know kind of in the same way that we're going hard after Kenny Pickett just because of that league winning upside. Like the ceiling's unknown with Kenny Pickett, you know, uh, like as opposed to, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, even if you were to tell me that Teddy Bridgewater is going to start the entire season, there's not a ton of ceiling, you know, yeah. it's, it's still fairly low with him, even in that offense, you know, even for the entire season, I still don't know that he's an every week starter. Kenny Gino's Pickett's got like be. the highest um, completion percentage in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's throwing the ball well. And, yeah, like I said, now you're seeing some of the rushing upside as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's quite a bit more ceiling with Geno Smith than, you know, a Teddy Bridgewater. Or, uh, um, I mean, honestly, a lot of the guys who are, who are probably being rostered and started right at the moment. So, I mean, to me, I, would, I think I would rather have Geno Smith than Ryan Tannehill at the moment. Yeah. And I, a, a guy that we're going to talk about in a minute, I would have a really hard time at this moment starting Matthew Stafford over Geno Smith. That feels crazy to Dude, say. I agree. Yes. <laughs> That's the type of thing that, that people have a really hard time digesting that. But like once you get there, you unlock quite a bit more upside in your lineup. Yeah. If you're willing to make that type of inspired move. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Yeah. It's tough, but man, do it. Yeah. So let me just run through the running backs uh, for our ads because they take up the most, <laughs> the most space here. There's a bunch of them. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'll give the analysis, and then I want to get your opinion on how you're going to approach waivers uh, in a league where you need running backs, particularly like let's say that you lost Javante Williams you know, what you're going to do. So we already said Brian Robinson, top priority. That's the easy one. Um, Mike Boone is, so he came in as the the replacement first for Melvin Gordon, who fumbled again, fumbles every game. Like that's just kind of his calling card. And then for Javante Williams, when Williams goes out with a knee injury, Mike Boone, a guy who I've been talking up for years now, and he looked great. 
up until he dropped the pass that essentially ended the game, hit him right in the hands, right at belt level. It was just like, that's something that you see in a peewee game, like five-year-olds doing that, not a pro athlete. So, but there's still optimism for, for Mike Boone. We have Caleb Huntley on here. He, I, he could almost be in next week, this week, except for the fact that he scored for Atlanta this week. I, twice, I think. So uh, he ended up being the goal line back. Cordero Patterson going to IR, missing a minimum of four games. Naheem Hines, who, you know, probably rostered fairly heavily just for his standalone value. But now if you have Jonathan Taylor missing time, Naheem Hines, it, like this doesn't necessarily turn into a committee type approach. This becomes Naheem Hines backfield until Taylor's back. Uh, Rashad White starting to uh, he's essentially splitting carries at this point with Leonard Fournette. Isaiah Pacheco looked awesome on Sunday night. Finally gets a reasonable workload and made the best of it. Like he he was the best running back of uh, on the uh, on the roster for the Kansas City Chiefs. Jarek McKinnon ended up being the one to lose all the all the work. Clyde Edwards Alaire doesn't. You know, nothing changes for him. He might have actually added a little bit of volume, but uh, Isaiah Pacheco just looked like the more explosive runner of the two. And then Tyler Algier uh, looks like the lead back for Atlanta. We talked about Caleb Huntley. It, you know, might take away some goal line work, might vulture some touchdowns, but with Patterson out, Tyler Algier, at least for the moment, appears to be in line to be the starter. So, a lot of good options there for you. A lot of strong options. And I wonder, so if, if first of all, I wonder how you would order these. You know, what, how you're going to prioritize those guys if you need running back help. But I And I also am curious if there are any guys who just don't interest you. You know, for whatever reason, you're just, you know, not even going to bother. Let somebody else deal with them. Um, Man, sure. I guess the one guy that interests me the least would be Caleb Huntley. I think I'm just going to let somebody else go after him. Cause I agree with you on Tal Tyler Algier. I think that he's probably the running back I want out of that backfield. Mm -hmm. And then Mike Boone, I have some Mike Boone concerns too. I said, I, I know I said the one guy, but as soon as I said <laughs> that, I was staring at two names and Mike Boone just sticks out to me as somebody that isn't going to ever like make my lineup feel comfortable on a weekly basis if it happens i don't think we'll really know when or or the whys ahead of time there'll be no process it'll just be like what you said you know it'll be melvin gordon fumbling again or somebody getting hurt and mike boone comes in i think that's his job um ah, i don't know i know you've been waiting for it to happen on boone but i just yeah. can't get there i think that the order i would go the two I want the most are Algier and Rashad White. And I think I want Algier a little bit more just because of the injury. I do agree with you, though. I think that Rashad White is going to be splitting that backfield with Fournette now. And if Fournette were to get hurt, give me Rashad White. But as of now, it looks like Tyler, Tyler Algier has that opportunity in front of him. And, and I'll take that to see what happens versus waiting to see what happens on something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, and to me, you know, maybe if you have Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines probably jumps ahead of those yeah, guys. Yeah, so before you go, the reason, and, and I didn't purposely skip him, I did mean to mention him, but the reason I, I think he's not jumping out at me as much as I just keep imagining him as rostered. But if he's yeah. not, you absolutely like that's somebody that should be rostered in your leagues, whether it's redraft or dynasty. And with Taylor being hobbled, I think that Hines will get a little bit more work than he has. And he's been viable in the past with Taylor on the field. But yeah, it, him, yeah. it was just a little bit tough. He's like in between the waiver ads and that shoot super shallow league to me a little bit. So it was a little bit tougher. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. It's a little hard to conceptualize him being available. But mm -hmm. um yeah, and, and we're going to talk more about Atlanta's backfield as well because that one 
it's it's messy beyond Algier and Caleb Huntley. Um, you know, just is a little bit of a a sneak preview. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean it does look like Tyler Algier legitimately should be the the lead back. And you know, the the the, the bigger thing is you're getting him for, you know, four weeks minimum. Yeah. Like we we know what we're getting there. That's long enough to maybe keep the job, yeah, or have yeah. A, a good share of it, you know. And you know, don't forget, you know, this is coming from a DLF feed, but we we are talking some seasonal scoring, so this isn't just dynasty play here. It's right a lot of seasonal play in this show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We yeah, we don't. And in fact, I mean, a lot of dynasty can really take that redraft focus in Mm -hmm. season i think yep so absolutely uh so the one other quarterback who we had this tarod taylor this is a tough one just because so daniel jones gets injured taylor comes into the game gets concussed and daniel jones has to come back into the game yeah so so actually like dan injured daniel jones was the healthier of the two quarterbacks yep the I guess the only reason to keep an eye on this one is just the fact that, you know, there's a possibility here that Daniel Jones ends up missing a game with, uh, um, uh, I want to, I'm pretty sure it's a leg injury, but anyways, he, he, you know, soft tissue injury, he could miss the game. Terod Taylor, you know, passes concussion protocol. And then all of a sudden becomes a starter. And to me, I I I really kind of think Taylor is the better quarterback, especially for that offense. So, uh, so you know, something to keep an eye on. But I don't think that we're making him a real high priority right at the moment. No, it's tough for me without knowing what's going to happen. I'd rather go after those other quarterbacks that we can yeah. get in our lineups right now. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, like I was thinking, if you. If you had Daniel Jones, but even then, I mean, I think that you're playing the waivers. Like if you were relying on Daniel Jones, I think that you're pretty involved at, uh, you know, on waivers at quarterback every week. Yeah. So, and <laughs> I'd rather play next week, this week with Tyrod Taylor and see if he clears. If he clears waivers, I'm picking him up Wednesday morning. Yeah. Especially like, like you said, if I have Daniel Jones, but I think I'd just rather try to play next week this week with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So, we've got two wide receivers, Josh Reynolds. Um we talked about Michael Gallup, but the other two being Josh Reynolds who, I mean, he he looked the part. It's it's just like there's a caveat to all of this and and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this more later too. The everything that the Lions did this week. You don't have a, a, a Mon Ross St. Brown. You don't have DJ Chark. And, of course, you don't have Jamison Williams yet. So it's, Yeah, you, you don't know. have Swift. Yeah, you didn't have Swift. Yeah, so, you know, the probably the three biggest receiving threats, you know, Hawkinson, arguably, but, uh, you know, uh, Swift, uh, Amon Ra, and Chark, not having those guys – like the the volume had to go somewhere, yeah. You know, so how much of it is sustainable is a little tough to say. And then the other one is Jamal Agnew. Like he he for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Zay Jones out. That's part of it. Um, he he really could have been a next week this week play if it wasn't for the fact that he scored twice. Like now he's on pe- people's radar. So if yeah. If you're interested in that, if you feel like it's sustainable, you have to do it on waivers. You have to put something on him. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. T, are, are you going to prioritize either of those guys this week? I'm not, John. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and especially Reynolds. Like, for me, like, he did what he was supposed to do. He just did it better than we thought he could. But, man, that chemistry goes back you know you have to remember how long Goff and Reynolds have been playing together back to when they were at the Rams so when the more talented players were not able to suit up he he had that chemistry with Goff and but when the talent's back I think that Reynolds goes back to being that fourth to fifth to 
on the sidelines option, you know, and Agnew kind of the same man, like he had, he had some touchdowns and I, I don't know, man, it's tough for me now with Jacksonville because the way that offense is firing is so nice, but I feel like we have a different guy showing up every week. And, uh, Again, when am I going to get him into my lineup? And I don't think it's a seasonal thing. I think it's a weekly, a week. Yeah, I kind of do too. So it's tough for me. I'd rather get like Jameson Williams or some of the injured guys. Yeah, and and I think we have some decent names on uh, next week, this week, to help out as well. So we have one tight end, uh, Chigosium Okonkwu. Oh, Chig. Yeah, we should call him Chigo. <laughs> but it's uh and i think he does go by chig it's like a quanquo chig a quanquo chig a quanquo chigo yeah yeah which like it's nice of him to shorten the first name that one's not the problem <laughs> <laughs> it's the one with the w in it i don't know um but anyways yeah for the tennessee titans i feel like we talked about that i i, I remember talking about austin hooper as a is a drop yeah. Uh, Austin I, Pooper, that is. I'm ready to drop him in any format. Yeah. Dynasty yeah. 2 if I need to. Honestly, what what is the point? Right. But yeah, man. 3 yeah. for 3 last week. Touchdown, 38 yards. This guy was even in preseason and camp. He was showing some. He's kind of raw, but he is a playmaker. And and I think that's what they're going to use him for. I don't think he's going to be on the field blocking a lot. I think if you see him on the field, you're going to see this kind of stuff from him. Um, but deeper leagues, tight end premium, give me some Chigo. Chigo. Nice. But it's got to be Chigo, though. Yeah. So I've, I feel like uh, we've got two options that I like better on uh, in next week, this week. But... Um, so I, you know, and, and one, uh, we didn't, we, we didn't That's, mention uh, Yeah, this. it's, uh, I get it. I get it. We didn't mention this in the cells section, but, um, Gerald Everett, a guy that we've been talking about quite a bit, uh, and there's, there's, there is still some analysis coming on this, but, um, I, I have a feeling that Gerald Everett might leave you hanging at some point here very, very soon. And uh, Chig could be a good way to um, to kind of prep for that. Like where you really kind of stream at tight end anyways, if you don't already have Kelsey or Andrews. Mm. You know, you're really kind of streaming for the most part anyways. So um, it, I, I just think that it's good to you know, to kind of get some movement on this, kind of get it flowing and, and start to look ahead to, uh, you know, what's, who's, who's up next. And I think that Chig could definitely be a, a possibility there. Just, yeah. you know, just not even to start necessarily just to be ready for the next wave. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, give us some guys you can drop, man. Drops, we've already kind of hit you with some names off our drop list, so we should be able to get through this one pretty quick. First of all, I love that John added Sky Moore to our drop list. There's a little bit of excitement. That's just people wanting things to happen. Honestly, I, I just don't see it for Sky, especially in a format where you're looking to win right now and redraft. I'm, I'm, I'm fine dropping Sky for... Eh, some of the players on our list, honestly. And then, like we said, Allen Robinson. Anybody in that shallow league, like the Romeo Dobbs, Geno Smith, Jahan Dotson, Corey Davis, George Pickens, even some of our waiver ads, like drop Allen Robinson. He's not doing anything. Even for Jameson Williams, we already kind of mentioned that. And then we joked, but it wasn't a joke about dropping Matt Stafford for Geno. I'd do that all day. I'd drop Matt for Goff I've got in the show sheets. I just I think yeah. that we're trying That's... to win, man, and these other quarterbacks are doing better. And if Matt Stafford gets cooking, I mean, how much better is he going to be than Goff or Geno at this point? I, I'm fine making those moves. 
And that that one, just to clarify, that's in a redraft league, but I'm fully on board with that. Especially if man, if Goff is still out there, that's easy. Yeah. Man, me. I'll I'll do that move in Dynasty. It would have to be a trade, but I'll trade Goff for Matt Stafford straight up. I'll oh, yeah. take the Goff side. Yeah, I probably would too. And people think we're nuts. Uh they also think that you're a Lions Homer. <laughs> but they do. But I... <laughs> that's fine. But and I am. I mean, to be fair, but I'm also being realistic here. We're getting younger yeah. at quarterback, and he's putting up more points. Yeah. If it, I think that all of you are Lions haters, and I've been able to like prosper off that for years, even when you know I'm a homer. Like you just let me have them, and they score points. So it's kind of silly. Like you see so many people like. Oh, I just won't because he's a lion, or I won't because of this. And it's like it's freaking fantasy points, and they're getting them. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what we want at the end of the day. Um, really, like in my home leagues, I don't go after Detroit as much, just because it people here value him more than I do. <laughs> but I think that this is realistic, you know. Even if like we'll leave Jared Goff out of this and we'll go back to Geno Smith. I'll make that same move in redraft a little bit tougher to make that one in dynasty, but I will make the Geno for Stafford move in redraft. Yeah. I loved Stafford before I liked Goff. Goff doesn't have my heart. Stafford <laughs> has it. You know what I mean? Like for sure. So, but man, it's time, man. I Stafford is old beat up. He's got a bad back. We, this is none of this is going away. And we've talked about this. The dead arm thing is something to, like, that doesn't necessarily go away. You yeah. know, that's something to, to for us to be concerned about. I mean, we don't necessarily have to overreact, but uh, it's it's something to to consider. And then on the other side of this, the like you said, I mean, I think that it's it's just kind of easy to write off the lions and ignore the fact that. I mean, you know, like win or lose, and regardless of their history, right now this is the best offensive line in football. When healthy, this is just one of the most explosive offenses in football. And the quarterback, it, you know, has really kind of mastered the system. There's nobody behind him to push him for you know for work for a for the starting job yeah and i think that he's gonna play them out of position to get you know a high enough draft pick to replace him like you're you're really kind of looking at the offense as it's going to be constructed for the next you know a couple years at least so yeah. you know all of a sudden jared goff is a much more stable option than matthew stafford we wouldn't yeah. have thought that last year but here we are yeah. a year later so so yeah i think it's fair um like you said it's more of a trade stafford for a more usable quarterback mm -hmm. in dynasty but yeah in redraft i think that you could you know if there's somebody out there that you know kenny pickett is another guy i i think i would at this moment i would probably drop matthew stafford for kenny pickett yeah yeah i think i'd make that move too yeah, it feels weird, but yeah. I, I that mean, one might be harder to make in Dynasty as the trade just because Goff has years of shade and then McVeigh shitting on him as he kicked him out the door. and Right. <laughs> it's just appreciated his Dynasty value a lot. Yeah. But Pickett's up and coming and people are going to be excited. He might be a tougher buy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, some players that you can fade... Damian Pierce has a monster game. Uh, the main reason that I say, f you know, fade fade that type of output, don't expect that from Damian Pierce every week. This is just not a good football team. It's not going to end up in a game script where you're going to get this type of production from Damian Pierce every week. I mean, RB10 we, week three, RB5 yeah. week four. Yeah. John doesn't want that. <laughs> I I would love that if I can if I I don't think that you're gonna get top five from him very often. I agree with that. Top ten is definitely doable. Top and that's 15? fine. Like if you wanna if you wanna 
value him as a low end RB one, then I'm all for it. But High if you're going to be two, even. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm CEO. So I'm fine with that. If you want to value him as a top five running back, which he was this week, I'm fading that. I, I'm with you there. Yeah. So that's that it's very, it's very loose with him. It's very specific, but nobody um, else touched the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. Which I don't, th- I, I don't believe that that's going to happen very often either. Oh, then so. I agree with that as well, but I think it's a good sign to how much they trust Damian Pierce and that it is sure. his backfield. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I so I didn't put him in the sell category just because I you know, I don't think that selling him as a top five when he's a top ten, like I don't think you're making enough of a profit. Yeah. But I think that, you know, if if you're looking at him on somebody else's roster and seeing a top five running back. I'm fading that part. That's that's essentially where I'm going with that. No, I could see that. Yeah. And it's it's similar with TJ Hawkinson, actually. It's not like um, this is, uh, you know, this is a player who just is not capable of, um, you know, of ever producing for you again. It's just to the level that he did. I believe he had two touchdowns as well. I know he had one. Um, but again, you know, this is, the, it was an offense missing its entire uh, wide receiver core. Yeah. Essentially, you know? And man, and I love Hawkinson. I really do. I think he's going to have a good future. He's actually pretty young for the NFL experience he has, but I agree with you on this one and I'll even take it a step further until Hawkinson and other tight ends show us some consistency fade all tight ends out of a big week, except for Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's kind of fair. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's usually something behind it, you know? And so like, there's usually a reason for it beyond just, this is a big, you know, good, strong pass catcher who commands targets. That's, yep. it's usually not the case in most tight end. And, and, so the part that I want to fade is the idea that Hawkinson is an every week starter with this type of a, of upside because yeah, that's going to be he's not going to win it for you every week. I I mean I have a lot of Hawkinson and he he won it for me in a couple leagues. Yeah, um, Moali Cox is uh, even more of a fade than Hawkinson. Two touchdowns, but we just got done talking about Jelani Woods last week. Uh, you know, this, this is really kind of a tight end by committee approach. Like they still have Kylan Grant Granson pretty involved. It just happened to be this week. Mo Alley Cox is the one for the Colts getting into the end zone twice. So, you know, it's, it's even less, uh, less predictable or predictive than what Hawkinson did. So yeah. like, it just seems kind of like it's going to rotate through those three tight ends. If anything, give Kylan Granson the next shot because he's the he's in line for two touchdowns next <laughs> there you <week>. go <laughs> and Just then finally rotating through them yeah and then finally Melvin Gordon and man I wanted to put him as a drop but the reality is there's a good chance that Denver goes back to him as the starting running back with Javante Williams now out for the season Melvin Gordon has the starting experience you know, he started for the Broncos 16 games last year. So, uh, he's, something John he's, said before we hit record. And, uh, and I knew Melvin Gordon had four fumbles on the season, but he has, he's five if you include his straight. last game from 2021. Yep. Ugh. Five straight games with a fumble. Still That's a brutal. tough week to fade him. Yeah. And the problem is, like, it's, it's not like he's, good enough that you ignore that you know there's some running backs in this league where they put the ball on the ground and you're like all right whatever like i'm willing to put up with that because when he hangs on to the ball my god does he do a lot with it you know that's not melvin gordon like melvin gordon is a plotter melvin gordon is not explosive he's not dynamic he's not shifty he's very straight ahead one cut downhill you know, and it's not like he's got a ton of power 
Like there's just not a, a lot to Melvin Gordon's game beyond the fact that he fumbles. So like, like that's kind of the defining characteristic of Melvin Gordon as a player is the fact that he can't hold on to the football. Otherwise he's just a very basic running back. So, you know, there's, I, I won't say drop him not yet because there is a very good chance that they just stick with him uh, as a starter, but that's, uh, that's John's Homer side as well. Yeah. It's just, he's watching this game. He wants his team to win and he's pissed off. <laughs> yeah. So there's like two sides to the Homer card. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I've, I've been saying for the last year and a half, basically how much I hate watching Melvin Gordon and and I it, it it finally started to feel like the coaching staff was catching on to this as well. And then, you know, Javante goes out. Mike Boone has two actually bad drops. It's just one of them ended the game essentially. Um, and and you know, so there's a it, it it just kind of made Melvin Gordon look more viable, just kind of by association. But I do I just think that it's a matter of time before they they figure something else out at the running back position like this is really going to shine a light on what melvin gordon is and so i'm fading the idea that he's a starting nfl running back and you know fading the idea that he becomes an every week starter i don't think that's it i think he's still you know he's worthy of a bench spot because of the potential volume but he is risky man he is very risky. No, I hear you. It's tough. It's just so tough to fade after you lose Javante for the year. And yep. I know they brought in Latavius, but yeah. Yep. It's tough. I've got yeah. one buy on the list. And, and John has a bunch of guys that I basically <laughs> agree with. So mine's easy because we already sort of talked about Damian Pierce a little bit. John's buys are more like... um like I, I, I always play the games wrong. My buy, I put my buy here because John was like, I'm fading this. And I'm like, hell no, I'm, I'm buying Dam- Damian Pierce. I don't know what the price point is now, but I'm probably going to feel it out a little bit before this weekend and see if I can add him. I don't think I'm the guy that's going to throw out a first for him in dynasty, but I'm in on Damian Pierce. I think this is what we should have expected when they cut Marlon Mack. It was just a matter of time. I think they started to show us how they feel felt about him. So I'm just going to let you do your buys, man. I, I agree with all of your buys. I don't know what you're paying for them, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that part varies too. I don't know. Like it, it, there isn't really a hard and fast rule to this and we should probably come up with a way to standardize it a little bit, but like, it, it really kind of comes down to like the guys that I'm going through my leagues looking for and seeing, is there a way to wrestle them away? The guys uh, you put into the search engine kind of the most. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I get it. Yeah. And I mean, number one for me right now with a bullet is Brees Hall. Like it, it, it's, it, we talked about him last week. I tweeted this week that, uh, you know, that, that, for the longest time we have been talking here on the super show about, you know, Saquon Barkley is the biggest buy in dynasty football. Well, I mean, you're seeing it now. He's a running back one overall. Yeah. We're seeing that tweet. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, he's no longer this huge buy, like his, his value really finally kind of caught back up. So now to me, the biggest buy in dynasty is Brees Hall. Because this is a this is this is going to be somebody who's going to have RB one overall upside as early as twenty twenty three. Uh, I don't think he's going to be particularly helpful to you. I mean, he's going to be fine here in twenty twenty two, but in twenty twenty three, that's where it really kind of takes off for me. So in dynasty leagues, I'm going to buy him now, and he's not cheap, but I'll still do it because he's going to be one of the few guys with that upside. Yeah, I love that. Even that you added, he's not cheap. But today's not cheap is probably cheaper than next year's not cheap. Oh yeah, it, I mean, just imagine. Uh, you know, it wasn't easy to get Saquon Barkley, but imagine what you have to pay right now. You yep. know, kind of the same same basic principle here. Um, but beyond that, David Njoku volume, Michael Gallup volume, 
Raheem Mostert volume, <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson volume. Like all of these guys are just getting so much work. It's like low touchdown equity. It's heavy on the, the volume, you know. These guys are heavily targeted, heavily used. And eventually um, the touchdowns will come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why you buy when they're not scoring touchdowns so that you've got them when they do. And then the last guy is Jamar Chase. And I mean, volume is a part of it, <laughs> but you know, the, I, I, I think that people are starting to get down on Jamar Chase a little bit. And this is, it, it's funny because the Bengals, that was kind of an offense that I wanted to fade this year, just because of that Super Bowl hangover. But, you know, I knew all along that like once people start to sour on these players, that's the time to go scoop them up because this is still a great young offense. Yeah. And Jamar Chase is still one of, if not the best wide receiver in the league. Well, and you so, see a lot of like the T Higgins and Jamar Chase comparisons. Yeah. Which I mean, both of them are studs. Sure. And, yeah. but it, but they do it to crap on Jamar Chase, but it's just like, but you both of them are studs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of doesn't matter who's who is number one one week versus the other week, but like you do, you get those like over the top platitude tweets, you know, those mm -hmm. hyperbolic tweets about, oh, so T Higgins is better than Jamar Chase. It's like, I mean, today, I guess, mm -hmm. but overall, no, of course not. Jamar yeah. Chase is still the better player. Like, and if you it, are buying Jamar Chase and you still do have to go after him and offer a, offer a hefty yeah. piece, but maybe some ease just from that echo chamber of people kind of throwing shade on him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if you could get him right now for a wide receiver who's producing, you know, A.J. Brown or Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Like, I bet those are close straight up. Yep. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> Not a bad idea either, even if you had to add a little bit to that. Yeah. Give him Corey yeah. Davis. Tell him Swag sent you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> there's the Corey Davis. <laughs> that's, that's, there's the process behind that. <laughs> <laughs> like what that like it's the one player that taints any trade like man i would have done this but Corey davis was in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you want to tell us about our cells oh man our cells austin eckler i don't i'm not actually at liberty to talk about austin eckler on twitter or on any shows <laughs> anymore ever again i i but put that on i agree sheet, that he's a way. sell he should have been a sell you're a year behind on selling eckler and you're kind of already starting to see that in your leagues just from a value perspective but he had a good week last week it might be a good week to try to get him out there gain three touchdowns without any any goal line rushes anything inside the 10 yard line he didn't get a a touch yeah so, so yeah, he's breaking. For, if he's going to break for over ten yards every single week, yep. Like it, it, you know. And you sold him, and you missed on that. Okay, yeah, that's kind of okay. The the move is the Javante Adams or Javante Williams team probably this week. It, that's where I would go first if I was trying to sell Austin Eckler just to see if you could work something out for with them. They probably had high expectations for their team this year. Gainwell. I think Miles Sanders just showed us he wants that. Hertz said he ran angry, and I like it. Uh, but I do think we just probably saw Miles Sanders' best game of the season. Maybe even Miles Sanders is a sell to that point. Mm -hmm. Dynasty sells, Teddy, Geno, and Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is probably tougher because while Dak isn't playing this weekend, he's going to be back pretty soon. But for me, Teddy for a third... Gino a second, Cooper for a fourth. Is that fair, John? That sounds right. Teddy yeah. third, Gino a second, Cooper a fourth. Yeah, that's in probably picks, about right. You know, if you in, if if you do players or something, hit us up in our DMs at Swagzilla Zero G. He's at Superflex Dude. You know, and then Jamal Williams for some controversy here. Not a, necessarily in our fades, but 
Man, I, I don't know, John. I, I think we just saw his best season of the year. I know that he's been viable throughout, even while Swift was out there. We talk about this all the time. Running backs get hurt. As soon as Jamal Williams gets hurt, it's back to nothing for you. It's just he just doesn't have the name value to hold any trade value once it I'm not saying he's injury prone. I'm just saying we talk about it a lot. And if that does happen to somebody like Jamal Williams, he's not young. He's not a star. He he has none of that going for him. I think now is the time to sell Jamal Williams. Yeah, I agree. Um, next week, this week, our final segment, we need to run through it just a little bit. Uh, as much as we would like to savor this one, because this one's, so damn fun and so damn useful. Um, we're still going to rock through it a little bit. Uh, oh, you got so it, dude. You you can let them marinate it a little bit. Worst case, if I need to run, you just keep going. Yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. I got 10, probably 5, 10 minutes. We also want to get just get this episode out. Typically, we record this <laughs> All on right, we're gonna finish this shit Monday up night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did get to sneak in a little bit of Rams analysis uh, f- from the Monday night game. Um, you know, even though, uh, yeah, typically we don't get to do anything about the Monday night games, but, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, kind of late afternoon. So or early afternoon, I suppose. But, uh, so we get a little bit more analysis in there, but we also, um, uh, we're kind of taken away from people's time to listen and execute. So anyways, next week, this week, guys, you can pick up for free after they clear waivers and you've got them on roster next week when they become waiver priorities. So, uh, yeah, wait, wait until, uh, the waiver run and then scoop them up in uh, first come first serve. Um, I'll let you, uh, I'm going to let you start and you can talk about as many of these guys as you want. I know that you've got the first one. Well, so Nick Foles, and I don't know if we would have had this quarterback, on the list if we talked more together throughout the week, but I wanted to make a point to have a quarterback on the show and somebody that's not necessarily obvious. And I think Nick Foles is obviously the starter. Should anything happen to Matt Ryan, or if they decide to pull him at any point, it's a frustrated team. They've let that be known. And Nick Foles, I could see getting a shot this year at some point. He's one of those players though i mean you're not just dropping anybody after waivers clear to pick up nick Foles, but if you have a spot deeper benches i think nick Foles is worth the stash latavius murray i think could almost be a waiver priority especially in dynasty leagues but murray murray's what worries me for mike boone and i think that even though murray's not the same Latavius Murray of the Raiders. I think that I think that Murray could take some work. I, I don't mind this one a bit, but it, he was one of the reasons I wanted to fade Boone a little bit more. I'll let you talk about yeah. your Denver tight end. <laughs> Greg Dulcich coming off of IR, finally uh, activated. And uh, so, first of all, there's you know there's what we saw in the the preseason. And what we heard in the preseason was that he has a much better feel for uh, the system and for, uh, you know, for, you know, pass catching and running routes. Um, he had the best feel of all the tight ends. But not only that, Albert o- Okwegmanum gets all of one offensive snap. Can't even believe you <laughs> tried to say the name. I know. <laughs> I know. Now that he's gonna about to be fantasy irrelevant, we probably could have put him as a drop. Go ahead and say his last name, and I, I also think that he might be a trade candidate for them. Yeah. So I think Dolchich is like low key the guy you want, and some people still want it to be Albert O. Yeah. Yeah. When it's been you know Andrew Beck and Eric Saubert. Um, you yep. know, it's it's been kind of this like committee type approach. I could see Greg Dulcich finally just consolidating this whole thing for them at tight end, at least as far as the pass catching goes. Uh, his specialty is not going to be blocking. So, you know, you might see some of those other guys still getting on the field for that purpose. But uh, as far as on passing downs, I have a feeling you're going to see a lot more Dulcich 
uh, in, you know, 11 man or in 11 personnel. So, um, yeah, great one to stash right now. The other tight end that I have is Donald Parham. Talked about Gerald Everett and how I think he's going to leave you hanging a little bit. I mean, a big part of this has been on touchdowns. He's kind of the big body in, you know, down in the red zone, uh, kind of the post up guy. Well, Parham is six foot eight. <laughs> he's he's bigger than Gerald Everett. He's a bigger target. He's a better jumper. Um, he's honestly a faster runner. Just an overall better athlete, freak athlete. Um, you know, we the last time we saw him was uh, he had that horrific injury at the end of uh, towards the end of last season, but that concussion, I believe it was, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, so finally about to make his regular season debut as well. And I just, I'm just preparing everybody now for the very real possibility that Donald Parham counterfeits Gerald Everett completely. Uh, let's see. That's a tough one, man. I'm, we'll be watching this. And it, it is tough because we were talking about how much we liked Gerald Everett, too. Like, he was a pretty high priority mm -hmm. for us. But, yeah, we're kind of there. Uh, the other running backs beyond Latavius Murray, um, we've got Tevin Coleman reunited with uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. I mean, the only, the only halfback who got any work this weekend was Jeff Wilson. But if he were to go down, I mean, they've got options. None of them are great. I just would not be surprised at all if they skip over, you know, Tyrion Davis-Price and Jordan Mason and go straight to Tevin Coleman, who they're comfortable with, who Kyle Shanahan in particular is comfortable with. And then Damian Williams, the other running back in Atlanta. We talked about that as well. That could get a little bit messy. It looks like Tyler Algier but stash Damian Williams just in case coming back from injury. Now Cordero Patterson's out very, very strong likelihood that Damian Williams ends up being the feature back. He, he has just as much of a chance as Tyler Algier, I would think. Uh, and then wide receivers, we've got Khalil Shakir from Buffalo. Man, they're just getting banged up. Uh, Jamison Crowder now with yeah. an injury. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it's, Isaiah McKenzie has still been, uh, you know, a fairly explosive option for them when he's on the field, but they've been mixing it up quite a bit. And Khalil Shakir actually snuck onto the field a little bit more and uh, kind of looks like a better, a more well-rounded option for them out of the slot. And Nick Westbrook Akin, Akine. That's another one I don't know how to say. Like, he could <laughs> fix that for us somehow. That'd be nice. Um, Akine, Akine. I think he did good. <laughs> yeah. That's how John said it. <laughs> Traylon Burks uh, carted off the field. Not sure what the injury is yet. Not sure what the amount of time is Same going turf to be. Toe. Is that right? Ooh, yeah. I had that. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Um, that that would probably be several weeks of missed time, most likely. And then, you know, Robert Woods ended up being the the primary pass catcher. Uh, they used Chig, um, you know, however they're going to mix around those tight ends. Uh, we easily could have talked about Kyle Phillips yet again, but we do that every week. <laughs> I think that Phillips is number is the number two especially if Burks is out. Like, I think he's ultimately going to be the one to to rise to the top. But in the meantime, Nick Westbrook-Ikine is, um, is, I mean, he's going to be probably the outside starter opposite uh, Robert Woods. And, I mean, getting on the field is kind of the first step towards fantasy scoring. So, yeah. Yeah, just just you know, just as kind of a speculative ad, uh, hey, which AJ is AJ Brown suddenly doesn't sound so bad, does it? Right, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, Traylon Burks has been fine when he's healthy, yeah. but yeah, it's still it's still just kind of like, man, you've had this 
Charlie Fox trot at wide receiver all yep. year when you just you had the thing figured out. You had the one guy. So and now here we are trying to navigate it, <laughs> trying yep. to figure out who's next. So I think we got them all. We nailed uh, it. I think we nailed it yet again. <laughs> Every single week. Yeah. What do so, you say now? Time for them to go out and execute. That's all that's left. All that's left is for you to go and execute.